The world went to hell around the year 2000, which is why Adam and Chad live less than 2000. Like and subscribe on your favorite podcast app and continue the conversation on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And if you're cool enough, join the show on Patreon for exclusive bonus content, specials, and early access to a longer, uncensored, less than 2,000 experience. And now, less than 2,000 with Adam Wentz and Chad Bischoff. Less than 2,000. Now part of the Greenlit Podcast Network. So... We like rap, right? Well, I liked rap. Oh, you're doing this. Okay, so Adam today in 2021 doesn't like rap. I don't like new rap. I mean, I like I like the old stuff. Well, that the we show grew is up less on. than 2000. Like, they, they, I, you're already setting this up weird, man. I mean, like this our show is about the <laughs> 80s and 90s. So I'm not okay. we're talking about rap today. I'm saying right. we really liked rap, right? Yes, we really liked okay. rap. It did just throw you off track completely. I l- really liked rap, and I still really like the 80s and 90s rap. I do not like the new Yeah, well, the new is all, like, heavy, like, and dark, and it's just like, what the f*** am I listening to? I don't even know. It all sounds the same. It all sounds the same. I know how my parents felt. I know how my parents felt. Like, it just sounds like they're talking really fast. You know, one of my favorite TV commercials right now is, is literally the where, like, we can't help you. You're going to turn into your parents, but we're here to help, like, guide you. Oh, yeah. Where they're they're like, you know, no, it's okay. You hired him, you know? Or, like, the guy's moving the pillows (laughs) off. Like, oh, oh, God. They're just, it's so awkward. I love that commercial. Uh I hate turning in to our parents. But that's besides the point because we love rap. Okay, and we loved rap like long before high school, right? I mean, we oh yeah, fifth grade we did a lip sync to Naughty by Nature. No, 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 no! It was it was Black Sheep. <sighs> Thank you. Oh my god, it was way more obscure than Naughty by Nature. It was even worse than Naughty by Nature. It was Black Sheep. You can get you can get with this, or you could get with that. You, you can, can get, get with this, or you this can get with fat. that. Yeah, exactly, exactly, <laughs> exactly. I'm just saying. We were way ahead of the time, right? I mean, we loved rap far, far earlier than when rap hadn't hit, like, mainstream. Well, yeah, especially for where we were, like, in grade school, in in junior high or younger, and in Omaha, Nebraska, at a Catholic school. Dude, I think you and I were the only two people that liked rap. We got made fun of. We were called the W word because we listened to rap. We sagged. We wore our hats backwards. I know we were cool, and, and, and we were, we were, we were very cool. Everybody else was wrong, but we were really cool. And yes, we loved rap. Going back to Naughty by Nature, OPP, and even earlier than that, Black Sheep. I mean, I bet most people don't even know about Black Sheep now. No, no, most let alone don't. in in '91 or whatever it was. Absolutely, they know the song though. They'll know the song. You have to tell them the song. You you know, uh, and then come on. Uh, uh. Yeah, you tell them. I don't think that's going to get... That was every song engine, in the 90s. Engine number nine, line the New York transit line. Yeah, that... Yeah. Yeah. Remember, I mean, we... Not only did we get made fun of, when we... Remember, we went... Like, we did the tour of high school when you're in eighth grade. And I remember asking the tour guide, so, like, what's the rap scene like, you know, here? <laughs> and the guy looked at me and goes, don't even bring it into the school, man. 
Like literally it was like, <laughs> you will get beat up if you listen to rap where we were headed freshman year. Yes. So imagine to the surprise, we go to school, it's freshman year, and then Dangerous Minds comes out, and then suddenly everybody's listening to rap. That album was in every single CD discman. Oh. Everybody bopping around with the little Sony, little thin, you know, you know, over the ear, you know, headphones. Or five disc changer on, on your car, on the yeah. SUV that your parents bought you. Yes. Everybody was listening to Coolio, oh. Gangsta's Paradise, Man. and the Dangerous Mind soundtrack. And I'll admit, I mean, I actually just sat in my car, had nowhere to go. But I sat in my car anyway, just to relive listening to the Dangerous Mind soundtrack yesterday. Mm. And I gotta say, it doesn't suck. The worst part about the album is Gangsta's Paradise, because I can't help but just think of Weird Owls living in an Amish paradise. <laughs> okay, so much to unpack there. The, 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 the fact of the matter is, we were huge fans of rap. We were ostracized. For, for liking Public Enemy, for liking N.W.A., for liking all the spinoffs, Ice Cube and Dr. Dre and Eazy-E, we listened to all of that. We bumped it with our subs in the back of our, the cars our parents bought us and uh, bumped it on our way to our Catholic schools. And we were ostracized from it because it was all about either pop music or like metal or the vanguard of grunge at the time. I mean, I think and, and death metal was more popular than rap. I mean, and that's oh, saying something. Easily. Dude, Michael W. Smith in Christian music was way bigger than rap where we where we came from. So <laughs> imagine, here's my problem with it. Overnight, that song made rap popular. Yes. Overnight, Instantly, the very next day we come to school, and that is bumping out of so many people's cars, pulling up to the Catholic school, and and it revolted me because it's like, what the hell have you guys been doing this whole time? And now suddenly it's cool. And now it's not even cool rap. rap. It wasn't even that cool rap. I mean, I know I said I like it because it, it had a certain nostalgia to it, but you compare that to the stuff we were listening to from Public Enemy and and even Digital Underground and all that kind of stuff, everything you just named, far better rap. But some for some reason, Dangerous Minds soundtrack like mm -hmm. catapulted not an artist, an entire genre into like middle America. And I think, you know, we talked about Nine Inch Nails, how we got pissed off, how like we heard them first and then they said, and then you like an animal and then every, yeah. everybody knew it. That happened with an artist. This happened on an entire genre for us. We lost everything overnight. We did. And and I and I hated it because of that. I absolutely hated it. I hated the video, I hated the song, I hated the movie, I hated Coolio. I was full of I was filled with a lot of hate. And and as you this is gonna actually though let you behind the curtain a little bit mm -hmm. and show some insight into uh, the insight I've had into myself, which okay. is I, if, if it's popular, I generally hate something like I'm anti-establishment. Well, that's not new and, material. So, I mean, right. you know, <laughs> I'm just setting it up. Every all of our yeah. fans know that. Well, what I, what I realized uh, a while ago, but I'm just saying it on the show, is that 
I that that was a personality feature. Like I intentionally hated on things that were popular. I liked being the weirdo that liked the random obscure stuff, like Black Sheep, like Nine Inch Nails, like rap before it got popular. And because it becomes part of your identity, like you like being counterculture, you like being on the fringes, or I did. And then when it became all popular, I had to hate it. I had to turn my back on it. And I didn't really like a lot of rap after that point. Now, Tupac did some things before he died that were still good. Um, you, you know, later I discovered Eminem did some pretty good things, but of course I hated it at the time it came out in the late nineties. Yeah. But, but you, by and you large, did. I want to be clear. I have a whole other stance that I'll get into. I can't wait to talk about Eminem on a, a later episode, but I, I just had to hate it because it was popular and that was against my nature. That being said, I listened to it again for the first time in decades today. And looking at it objectively and looking at it without the teenage angst and without like trying to define myself as a human being in relationship to it, I realized it's a good song. I actually think it is a really, really good song with a good message and uh, and well-performed and the right place at the right time. It did popularize rap, and that kind of ruined it for me. But when I can remove myself from that and just look at it as a song, I I think it's good. I really do think it's a good song. I know. You're sitting here stunned. I, I, Your I, mouth I, is I, agape. I, I know. I don't know what to say to this. I'm, <laughs> well, one, thanks for sharing your, your thoughts. And, and, I'm, and, full of, I'm full of crap. In other words, well, yeah, that's that's it's all a defense been mechanism. Obvious. Yeah, well, yeah, oh. you literally you're always on defense. I mean, we could literally write textbooks on your psyche. I mean, like there is so much to unpack in Adam alone that we could dedicate and not a not an episode, an entire podcast to your lifestyle. But that's for a different, totally different, different day. I always took the opposite approach, like. It's not that I wanted to jump on the bandwagon. It's just un- if enough people like it, it doesn't necessarily make it good. But let's be honest, if something becomes really popular, it might be because it's good. You just hated inside what it did to you as a person. So I jumped <laughs> on the bandwagon. I liked it because I liked the song back then. My problem is I still skipped over that track in preparing for the episode about Gangsta's Paradise because I what? still can't listen to it today. I Why? listen to it so f***ing much that I wow. cannot listen to it. I listened to, I listened to the, I, you know, It Takes a Thief. I listened to that album, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You know, Fantastic Voyage. I mean, Coolio's first one, right? Yeah, I can listen to that. I listened to the to the Dangerous Mind soundtrack. Could yeah. not bring myself to listen to that track. I watched Weird Al's parody music video yes. of that, which is yes. amazing because it's a shot of him like the shot sweating. of him sweating, just dripping yes. in water. Because Coolio <laughs> in the original video oh, was so, so sweaty. In that oh my god. So that, that's one of his best ones. Honestly, that is one of his best parodies. I think is is it? It has me in stitches. It's it's very well written and clever, and and I I really enjoy it. And I liked it at the time because it made fun of a song I hated. 
I mean, I hated it so much, I've never seen Dangerous Minds. Never seen it. I don't know anything about the soundtrack. I don't know if there are other good songs or what other artists are on it or what kind of... The rest I, of the soundtrack's great. I mean, I listened to it today and last night. I, I mean, it was but, it was great. But you skipped the song that we're talking about today? Because I couldn't, I couldn't bring myself <laughs> to hear it again. Need some adventure in your life? What Mad Universe is a podcast about the history of sci-fi, fantasy, and horror where we delve the depths of pop culture history. Everything's the same politically, but we have ray guns. The, the actual motive isn't to explore something that's, quote, yeah. scientifically possible. Or... But neither is Star Wars, and I know there's arguments about that, but I would definitely consider Star Wars science fiction. You haven't it's... read Dune! You have... No, I haven't. You can never be the Kwisatz Haderach. What Mad Universe on the Greenlit Podcast Network. Matt, I've got a great idea for a podcast. You and me, we watch movies, right? And some of them are kind of bad, and so we make fun of them. But maybe some of them are good. Chris, that's a great idea. Let's do it. And eat snacks. Movie Fighters, an original idea on the Greenlit Podcast Network. Quick point of order real quick. I thought we were going to try to swear less. I've heard you use the F word three times already. And, well, I may have we both today, said SH a few times. Well, I'm sorry. Okay. I'll, I'll tone back the curse words. I'm just, I'm amped. We, we are amped. I, and I'm, we are talking I'm, about gangster rap. So there's swearing in that, but not this song. And in fact, this is one of, uh, one of his, you know, he didn't swear in Fantastic Voyage, but of a lot of his other songs contain swearing. Totally. Did you know, did you know that the, the sample for this song is a Stevie Wonder song? No. It's, it's from Songs of the Key of Life, um, from the, the great album of Stevie Wonder, Songs of the King of Life, uh, Key of Life, Pastime Paradise. We're living most of our lives in a pastime paradise. But yeah, I think that was from like 76 or 77. That's kind of so, cool. So it is kind of cool. And I went back and listened to that version. Stevie Wonder. Oh my God, does he have soul. Wow. Um, but but. It's it's an all around good song. I just hated it, and and because it was popular, and I hated popular stuff. And uh, y- you know, I never saw the movie. Of course, Michelle Pfeiffer was in the video, who was the star of the movie, and um, and it it just nothing about that looked really cool. And I have to say, I never thought of Coolio as like a gangsta rapper. I knew him from. Uh, Fantastic Voyage, which is like a party song, which is like slide, slide, slippity slide. It's just like, well, that, um, well, that and the only other on good song he had. Period. One, two, three, four. Get your woman on the floor. That's the only. Right. There was right. that, and then and then this gangsta's paradise thing. Those three things were like the only hits. Oh, I forgot him. to. I, I I lost my thread when I was talking about Stevie Wonder. Stevie Wonder said you could use the song. But you can't swear. And I guess Coolio's idea was to make it like really dark, really street. His words, really street. And the video was going to have like uh, like low riders and, and stuff like that. Um, and, and no Michelle Pfeiffer. Then somebody came along and was like, let's make it like a little bit more like the movie. And I think that was a good choice because there's not a bunch of swearing and everything. But it, it And that was a good move for him because then it could get top 40 radio. And it was like a pop song. And, 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 and more people heard it, but really, I mean, honestly, dude, looking at it objectively as an adult, I, I, 
it's not like it gave me chills or anything, but I, I got the message. Like I, I, I didn't think of Coolio as this like party image guy, but like a guy from Compton where he actually was from who experienced some of this stuff. You know, as I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I took at my li- I take a look at my life and realize there's nothing left because I've been blasting and laughing so long that even my mama thinks my mind is gone. Now, it doesn't have the same effect when I say it. It sounds more like a nursery rhyme when I say it. I'm a loked out gangsta set trippin' banga and my homies is down so don't arouse my anger, fool. Death ain't got nothing but a heartbeat away. I'm living life, do or die, what can I say? I'm 23 now. But will I live to see twenty foe? <laughs> the, the, I, the way now I, going, now I really I don't wish, know. Now I really wish we had video because if my eye, my eyes are wide, you're like hunched over. You're like hunched over reading the lyrics on your phone or paper, which already yeah. looks funny because I'm looking at like the top of your head, and I'm sitting here wide-eyed, like you're literally reading it verbatim. <laughs> and, it, and 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 including foo and stuff and like twenty foe and twenty yeah. foe. I, I I just you know it's it's clearly a song about living in the hood and that it's not a paradise. It's not. It should not be glorified. And and and, and you know that is, oh God. When I talk about turning into our parents, you know I remember like parents and teachers and everything being so like they shouldn't glorify that they shouldn't glorify the streets and everything like that and and i remember you and me being like no they're 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 speaking out they're letting us know about it they're letting they're they're they have a social conscience and and they're they're saying hey this is what it's like for us let's do something public enemy especially public Public enemy was like the first political rap group Yes, yes. And even things that were less political and more just like street like an NWA was like, this is what it's like. You know what I mean? For sure. And, 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 and now as an older man, as a much older man, as at the age that my dad was when he was telling me not to listen to rap. And then, and then, but then, and then buying you sex packets by Digital Underground. Well, I, I don't <laughs> think he, he, he necessarily knew. But yes, I, he, he. He would say things like, you shouldn't glorify it. And, and I have felt that way too. Like, why is this so shallow? Why is all this music about how much bling I got and what my car looks like and how much, how many I have. And, and, and it's like, you know, you're, you're, you're killing each other in the streets, right? Y'all are fighting over the scraps, you know? And if y'all like ganged, if y'all like got together and, and, and we're like a collective force instead of, you know, fighting for scraps with each other on the street corner, um, you, you could do amazing things. And I remember the movie, um, you know, Boys in the Hood, and and even Menace to Society, Lawrence Fishburne and and uh, Rock in those movies were like the wise old black man who was like, we need to like uplift ourselves. We need to, to do black businesses and support each other and stop shooting each other and, and selling drugs and all these things on the street. You and I thought that was so lame when we were 10 to 16. Sure. But now as an adult, I feel that way. I want to counter your point. It's not that I necessarily disagree. However, if you've come from a life where you don't have much, and you finally have it, you might go a little nuts. Uh, society put them there. So though I agree with that sentiment, though I agree all people should raise each other up, but if you're in a position of poverty and you're living in poverty and, and the streets and all the stuff they're, they're rapping about, the whole point is you don't know what it's like to come from nothing and then be 20, 
24, maybe, <laughs> if you get there. And then all of a sudden, by 18, you have all of this money. If Adam would have had millions of dollars at 18, you would have been rolling around in a souped up ride. And you would have been flaunting a little bit of it. You know, you talk about Lawrence Fishburne and, and you know, the the older wise men of, of these movies that we watched that have the good perspective. That should be what we do. If we're, if we're turning 60 with the exact same thoughts when we were 15, there might be a problem with you. I mean, yeah, you have yeah. to kind of grow up and wisen up and change your philosophy and look at the world around you and, and try to make it better. I mean, and if you're not, you're just not opening your mind up. Uh, yeah. And, and, and to bring it, to bring it back to this song, one of the reasons I enjoy it so much as an adult is a, you know, not having that person out defining my personality about being counterculture, but also because this song does not glorify hood life. This, this is an anthem against that kind of life. It's lamenting that and, and saying, Hey, uh, you know, why are we so blind to see that who we hurt are you and me? That's what the message of the song is. And I, I think got it's chills. a good message. I just got chills. See, when you read it, I'm not hearing the, I'm not hearing the beat. So I, I can, yeah. I, I like that we're actually just reading the lyrics instead of like playing the song. By, by the way, the guy who sang the choruses, that part that I just read, as long as we spend most of our lives living out in a gangster's paradise, is, is a guy named LV. And he, uh, that, he, he, he actually had a version of this song on his own debut album that came out in 96 that didn't have Coolio on it. And I listened to that too. And I really enjoyed it. I'm excited to check that out. Did, did you know? Okay. So some of the, st- first of all, it was the number one, uh, gangsters paradise by Coolio number one single of 1995. That's pretty f- cool and pretty big. And listen to this at the billboard awards. These are the bands he was up against. Uh, he was uh, TLC Waterfalls, which you and I have talked about might be the song of the 90s. And Kiss from the Rose, Kiss from a Rose by Seal, Creep by TLC. TLC had two songs in the same best pop song. This is the category, best pop song of 1995. And then, of course, Gangsta's Paradise won out of that group. Which is a pretty stacked group, if you ask me. It's a very stacked group. But it's not surprising because going through and listening to the lyrics, you know, when there's absolutes in the world, you can only turn your eyes so long. So, so when this song comes out, which is you know, really uh, speaking in a more positive light that, hey, this isn't the way it should be, people listened. Because it wasn't just all cursing and look at my and yeah all this kind of stuff he was really saying like this isn't the way we're killing each other we're doing it but he did it in a poetic way he did put it to an amazing beat that still had some depth and and heart and passion and soul into it and people were able to take that and and it was something different it was something different for them to latch on to and that's why it became so popular and that, mess, that very good point, very good point. And that's why it's a better, it's a better, uh, that's probably why it was so popular because in terms of a song, uh, you know how we were referencing Public Enemy, who's very angry and shouty, and then a song, uh, a band like NWA, who's very dirty, extremely dirty with no, the sexual stuff they, they talk about, the drugs they talk about, the Luke violence, and the two the life killing. crew and all that stuff. <laughs> all, oh God, Luke and the two life crew. Holy crap. You know? 
yeah, they might be saying, quote, how it is on the streets, unquote, but that's not going to connect with the certain, like, groups that we're talking about, with the mainstream. I mean, yes, it is reporting what's really happening, but it's also not relatable to the people we went to high school with. And so this, A, is a really good song in general and has that great, like, vocal hook that LV does. And 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 did you know Coolio actually wrote this in one sitting? He sat down, and the first few lines are improv or, you know... um freestyle is the word in hip-hop improv freestyle and then he just he just one sitting knocked this all out uh six million records on the single the single sold six million uh and it won a grammy and won two vmas and the billboard award at the billboard awards i was talking about he performed this live with Stevie Wonder. But anyway, I you know, I, I just I'm actually really glad we ended up doing this show. And I remember when we discussed it, we were talking about how the theme of it was gonna be how this song ruined rap for us. And it actually turned out to be with uh, like helped me really discover this song for the first time and appreciate it for what it is. I mean, it's not my favorite rap song by any means. No. But instead of being my my least favorite, <laughs> I can certainly appreciate what it stands for. And you know it's what? a good song. Welcome to 1995, Adam. <laughs> 